Des Moines. Fourteen sixty KXNO's Thirsty Thursday continues now as we head north to Whiskey River and Ankeny for the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne. Now here are your hosts, Jared Stansberry, Brent Bloom, and Chris Williams. Yo, it's time for another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne. I'm Jared Stansberry. Brent Bloom and Chris Williams, both are not here. They, uh, I don't know. I was going to make a joke, but I don't have a joke to make. We aren't at Whiskey River in Ankeny either, but it is NCAA tournament week. If you need a good place to go and watch some hoops over the next several days, later on into the weekend, Whiskey River in Ankeny is the perfect place to do so. Wall-to-wall TVs, great food, great atmosphere, and obviously great drinks as well. This is our NCAA tournament preview show. I'm joined by my fellow hoops head, Austin Hurst. What's up, brother? What's up, dude? You're uh, you're going deep in the bullpen today. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, you and I are going to start doing more podcasts together, though, later on uh, down the road, especially with uh, when it gets into basketball season 2019-2020. That uh, it it sounds like it's a really long ways away, but it it really isn't. It's it's really not. It it feels like it's hard to believe that yesterday was Selection Sunday, but here we are. We are here. Uh, we have the bracket in front of us. Obviously, Iowa State coming off of a Big 12 tournament championship down in Kansas City over the weekend. Really impressive couple games for the Cyclones. And, uh, you know, they draw the sixth seed in the Midwest region, going to go to Tulsa. And I don't know about you, but I feel like Iowa State got a very favorable draw for what it could have been. Oh, yeah, no question. And just... In terms of location, you know, Tulsa is a great location for Iowa State fans to be able to road trip that and just, you know, being really in the Midwest region, having it in Kansas City, you know, it's it's hard to complain about that draw. And obviously, you're going to play tough teams in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, only 68 get in. So especially after the first round, you're going to have to play a tough team anyways. So location is one of the biggest deals. And I, I think Iowa State really got a great, great draw in that regard. For sure. I think we'll dive deep into that here later on in the show but to start things off I, I do think it's worth maybe touching on some of the stuff from Kansas City where and I texted you this I think it was Saturday night that it was probably going into it it was like for where I was at before that the tournament started it was probably the most surprising championship run but simultaneously it might have been their easiest run where I mean they kicked the crap out of Baylor you know, Kansas State, you know, the Wildcats gave him a scare, especially in the second half. But even then, it, you know, I think there was a point where they were down with a couple minutes left. And I was like, man, I still feel like they're going to win this game. And then the Kansas game, they controlled from basically start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just really after that Baylor game and even kind of during the Baylor game, you know, you really started to feel like it felt very similar to a lot of those past uh, Big 12 championship runs that you know, Iowa State's had in the recent years. And, I mean, yeah, like you said, really, there was a point, I mean, really after the West Virginia game, you you really felt like they might not win another game the rest of the season. Right. And um, after the Texas Tech game, you know, you kind of sat there and after you broke it down, 
I mean, Iowa State played really well in that game, mm-hmm. and they just got beat by a better team that day. And Texas Tech had a lot to play for, and they played great. I mean, Jarrett Culver was incredible. But you really felt better going into Kansas City than you did, you know, a week or two ago. And, yeah, I mean, really, after they got by that Baylor game, after they played, you know, Kansas State without Dean Wade and just, you know, the momentum mm-hmm. and – the confidence, the swagger that those guys were playing with, they looked like they did at the beginning of the Big 12 season where, you know, a lot of these national talking heads were picking them to win the conference. Right. And the thing that was so impressive to me, and I think that it was, you can see it best in that game against Kansas, is defensively, like they did, I didn't feel like they played their best, at, especially in the first half, and they were still up by 10 points. Right. And, and I, I mean, you can give some of that probably on Kansas. They missed some open shots, you know. But the way that they defended, it seemed like they were getting their hands on a ball on basically every possession. Yeah. Where and, they were just getting Kansas all out of sorts. Yeah. And you just – you saw the biggest thing that was missing in that stretch was, you know, I mean, defense is just playing together and trusting mm-hmm. each other and communicating. And, you know, you see a lot better switches on ball screens just – you know, these last couple weeks. And, I mean, really, I just think that, you know, these guys are trusting each other again. They, you know, whatever it took, they bought in and they're playing together. I mean, it was the same thing with the Kansas State game as well. You really felt like they didn't play nearly as well as they could have, Mm -hmm. but they were up by 10 at halftime. And most of that was due to their defensive intensity and just, you know, their ability to – get in and crash the glass, especially Micah Jacobs in that game. Um, You know, I think he's been one of the biggest reasons of this turnaround, just his buy-in, you know, going back to just playing defense, rebounding the basketball. Um, I think he's really set the tone for the rest of the team, especially on the defensive end. I think that you could see a switch maybe before that West Virginia game, right after they lost to Texas, where it seems like his mentality changed, where it's like, he decided all of a sudden somebody's got to be the jerk on this team. And if nobody else is going to do it, then I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And not like the jerk in a bad way, but be the guy that says when somebody's not doing things right or is going to have that mentality of being the, the hustler, you know, I don't know the best way to put it. Right. Somebody's going to, I can think of a better way to put it, but I, I, it's not safe for the radio. So, uh, (laughs) Like that seems like that kind of flipped in him where then all of a sudden you see him start playing at a level where I voted for him for most outstanding player of the Big 12 tournament. I think that, I mean, obviously Mariel Shayak was very deserving mm-hmm. of winning the award, but uh, when you go out and have, I think, 29 points and 27 rebounds in three days, I was like, yeah, you don't win the tournament without that guy. Exactly. And exactly. That... You know, it just seemed like he all of a sudden started playing at a level completely different than what he had ever played previously. And I think it comes down to that change in mentality where he's like, all right, I'm done being the nice guy because you can't be the nice guy if you're going to be the one banging around in the paint. Exactly. And I think really for me, um, if you're going to take one positive out of the West Virginia game, I really felt like the turning point, um, especially for, for Michael Jacobson, was when he got the double technical with Derek Culver in that game, you know, I'm not convinced that he would have had that happen, you know, a week or two ago. But at just at that point, it was, you know, I'm not going to get pushed around. And he kind of stood his ground. And, 
you know, that was kind of the first time, you know, in a little while that you had seen some passion. And, you know, I just think that that's kind of, to me, that showed that he was embodying that tough guy role of, hey, you know, you're not going to punk us. Uh I mean, you know, I'm going to stand my ground. And if there was anything positive to take out of the game, I really thought it was that because you just kind of saw an edge from Michael Jacobson in that game. And I really think that started to translate over to the rest of the team where they're playing with more of an edge, you know, in general, just there's a lot more confidence, a lot more swagger. You know, the guys look like they're having fun again. And I just really think that that's, you know, they're not uptight anymore. Mm -hmm. They're kind of just, you know, let's go out, let's play ball. And, you know, they're really, they're really coming together at the right time. Well, and it's almost that the, the stakes got a lot higher and then their sense of urgency went way back up. Yeah. You know, and the stakes are never any higher than they are in the NCAA tournament from, each and every game and obviously the stakes get higher and higher with each game but you go into a game on friday night i think it's at approximately 8 50 p.m central time iowa state and ohio state you know the buckeyes i don't know how good anybody thought they were going to be after losing you know kata bates diop and some of those guys that they had last year but caleb wesson is a, a very good player for them a dude who has a hard time staying on the floor sometimes, but when he is able to stay on the floor, he can be really tough. And, but even then, I feel like this is a game that Iowa State can win pretty easily if they play the way that they did yeah. in Kansas City. I mean, just looking kind of at Ohio State compared to Iowa State, I mean, I don't think you're going to get a lot of argument if you say that Iowa State has four of the best five players on the court in the game. Yeah. You could maybe even argue five out of the best six. Um, Caleb Wesson, obviously, you know, is Ohio State's best player, and like you said, has trouble staying on the floor. Um, you know, he's kind of comparable almost to Cam Lard, where, mm-hmm. you know... Just like bigger. He's yeah. a bigger version of him. Yep, and if he's on, you know, he can really just dominate a game. Um, he was suspended, I believe, the last three games of the season, and... They definitely struggle without him, and it's the same way if he gets in foul trouble. I mean, they're definitely going to struggle. So um, I think the biggest thing for Iowa State is just to be able to find ways to take him out of the game and just even kind of like what they did with, you know, Diedrich Lawson in the championship game where he ended up with 18 points, but Mm -hmm. he had to work hard for those 18 points. I believe he took 21 shots. So he's definitely the X factor um, that Iowa State's going to have to figure out how to – uh, slow him down because he's Wesson will get his points. He's a great player, but I mean, yeah, like you said, I I really think that this is a game that Iowa State should win. Um, they they're going to have four of the best five players on the court. You could even argue five out of the best six. Caleb Wesson averages five fouls committed per forty minutes. Yep. So basically, he fouls out of every game. Yep. Is <laughs> the every forty minutes he plays, he would foul out. Uh, which is not ideal. I mean, C.J. Jackson's a good player, too. A uh, guy that can can shoot from three, 38% three-point shooter. He's pretty solid inside the, the three-point line as well. But, yeah, I mean, there's just... When you look at this roster, there's not that many guys that, like, jump out at you. Right. You know? And you can think back to some of those other teams that they've had to play in the first round where you looked at the, the team that they're matching up against. I mean, you could... You, Outside of maybe like when they played, who was it? North Carolina Central or whatever it was. North yep. Carolina A and T. Can't even remember who it was, but you know, like they weren't that impressive. Or you know, Iona. I don't think they really. They maybe had a couple guys that was like, yeah, that you could see that guy going off. But mm-hmm. other than that, there's almost always like 
one or two guys that's like, okay, that guy's really good. That guy's really good. The, the Nevada teams, yep. the Nevada team they played two years ago, obviously, a lot of those guys are still on the, the Nevada team right now. Uh, but this one, I, it's like Caleb Wesson, yeah, he could. But at the same time, who's he going to check for Iowa State? Yeah. Probably Jacobson. But I still feel like Jacobson can do some things that can give him some trouble. Yeah. And um, this Ohio State team, I mean, they, they definitely like to slow it down. Uh, they're more of a defensive-oriented team rather than, you know, pushing the pace. And they want it to be as low scoring as it can be. I mean, Ohio State only has two players that average double figures. Mm-hmm. Um, so they definitely like to slow it down. And that would have concerned me before this weekend. But seeing the way they played against Baylor and the way they played against Kansas State, I'm not as, I'm not as worried about that. Yeah. Because yeah. they did a good job of being able to force other teams into playing at their pace than they had probably the entire season. And I think that was maybe the biggest point of encouragement as an Iowa State fan and Iowa State followers. Just, you know, they were able to win those grinded out games in Kansas City because – you know, teams in the past for Iowa State, I mean, if they were hitting three-pointers and they were shooting the ball well, they could beat anybody in the country. But if they weren't, they probably weren't going to win many games. And I think that was the biggest thing that was encouraging is Iowa State, other outside of the Baylor game, did not shoot the three-pointer well down in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were able to orchestrate enough offense and find ways to win the game. And they had to get a lot of defensive stops and – that's not something that's always been an identity of Iowa State, but it's something that I think can bode very well for the NCAA tournament and give them a chance in almost every game they play if they're able to defend at this level. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, I, I, just, I feel really good about where they're at after this weekend. Probably as good as I felt about them honestly the entire season i, I agree 100 percent. the way they're playing on both ends of the floor is really good but we'll take a look you know we'll talk a little bit more about the draw here in a second first we got to have a quick word from our friends at carl chevrolet for 40 years carl chevrolet has been built on one philosophy to always take care of the customer being your dealer for life is more than just a slogan or catchphrase it's the way they approach business each and every day they have two great dealerships to better serve more of Iowa, their main location in Ankeny and their newest location in Stewart, Iowa, just 25 minutes from West Des Moines. From sales to service and everything in between, you can trust they will take care of you and do things the Carl way. Doing things the Carl way is about integrity, trust, confidence, and satisfaction and earning your business for life. You owe it to yourself to see why they are Iowa's fastest growing Chevrolet dealer group, Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90 in Ankeny at The Rock, we're Carl Chevrolet of Stewart, I-80, exit 93, in Stewart, Iowa, at The Rock. So, you get past Ohio State, and you're tasked with playing a team that has lost three games the entire season in Houston. But, you and I were talking off the air, we've watched a couple games of Houston this season, and in both games that I've watched, are they a good team? Yes. I don't find them to be an overly intimidating team, though, in the same vein. Your three losses are to Temple back in January, 73-69, who is a tournament team. UCF, also a tournament team, 69-64, two and a half weeks ago or so. And then on Sunday in the American Conference Championship game. Man, it's crazy. They beat Cincinnati. They beat the crap out of Cincinnati like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. Last regular season game. Yeah. At, at Cincinnati, that's when Mick Cronin said he was going to hold uh, 
tryouts for football players because they needed to get tougher. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. But, I mean, you look at some of the other games that they've played. You know, you got Oregon, who made the tournament. LSU, both of those were wins. Utah State made the tournament. Temple made the tournament, like I mentioned before. Uh, Cincinnati and UCF. So they've played six tournament teams. Yep. Six tournament teams the entire season, and three of them were losses. I don't know. I, I know you're 30 and three, but that still seems like something that you, you can have a little bit of a level of confidence in. Yeah. I mean, no question if you're just looking at the board of, you know, some of the other top seeded teams uh, that you would be playing. Houston. I mean, I'd rather play Houston than play uh, Purdue, probably. Yep. You know, I mean, LSU even. I think that you'd rather play them than LSU, despite the fact that LSU's got all their other issues right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and it's like we talked about off there as well. I mean, it doesn't matter when you get to this point of the season, everybody you're playing is going to be good. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to beat good teams to advance. So whether you beat them sooner or later, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, just in terms of, you know, obviously – Iowa State's going to have a lot of fans down in Tulsa, so if they are able to get past Ohio State, I mean, they're going to have a lot of fans, right. probably more than Houston. Um, and they know. are another one of those teams that really slows it down, 247th in adjusted tempo on Ken Palm. Yeah, and, you know, they're another team that they only have two guys that average double figures. They've got Corey Davis Jr., who's a really, really solid player. Uh, he averages about 17 a game. And then uh, Armani Brooks is the other one in double figures. He averages a little over 13 a game. Um, but, yeah, no, they're, they're a team that they're really just going to slow you down. Uh, they defend really, really well. I believe they're one of the best defensive teams in terms of guarding uh in terms of two-point field goal percentage they are 13th overall in a in adjusted defensive efficiency first in effective field goal percentage second in three-point defense and fifth in two-point defense yeah so i mean they're you know they're definitely going to try to slow it down and grind you out in the half court and uh, make you take very difficult shots but and what actually is kind of crazy about that is it's not like they've got a dude in the middle who's like a ridiculous shot blocker or anything like that protecting the paint. I mean, they've got, you know, their primary guys are 6'1", that's Corey Davis, Nate Hinton's 6'5", Armani Brooks is 6'3", Galen Robinson's 6'1", Cedric Alley is 6'5". They've got a 6'10 kid, but he doesn't really play very much. Uh, you got another 6'8 guy, 6'7 guy, Fabian White, uh, 6'8 guy, Breon Brady. So it's not like they're a huge team, you know. They're not a guy that's not where you're playing Purdue and you've got two seven-footers at the rim that you have to go and attack, you know. Right. But they just are a good, solid defensive team, you know, all around as a yeah. team. Yeah. I mean, they they almost kind of remind you of, you know, if you're looking at a um, like a Texas Tech or a Virginia, just kind of without that elite shot blocker. But, you know, they're very sound defensively as a unit. Um, and they're one of those teams, too, where – you know, they just don't beat themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, they only average 11.5 turnovers a game. Uh, they're just, you know, a lot of times they're going, to, they're slowing the tempo down, but most of the time they're going to get a shot up. And they're just, they're a solid team. But, you know, when we've seen Iowa State especially playing well, I mean, you know, they're, Houston isn't a team, you know, that would scare you more than a Texas Tech or no. a Kansas or a Kansas State, you know, just teams that you regularly see in your conference. But, 
Um, definitely would be a tough game, but I mean, like we talked about, you're going to be playing good teams at this time of year anyways, and probably one of the better draws that you can get just in terms of how Iowa State would match up with them, especially size-wise. At least for the first weekend, that is. Yeah. And we will talk about the potential for the second weekend when we come back after a quick break on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Cyclone Fanatics, we just had an awesome week in Kansas City following the Cyclones, who are the Big 12 tournament champions for the fourth time in six years. And later this week, Cyclone Fanatic will be on the road on our way to Tulsa to cover the NCAA tournament, Iowa State and Ohio State coming up on Friday night. And we couldn't do it without all of our great sponsors. And I want to give a special shout out to my friends at the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. They've done so much for us behind the scenes at CycloneFanatic.com over the years and are a main reason why we are able to keep the site free for you so that you can follow your favorite team. The Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center, I use them for all of my healthcare needs. I actually had a bunch of you tweeting at me last week that you've done it too. You're being a man. You're going to the doctor. It's not always about you. It's not always about right now. you got to take care of yourself so that you can be there to walk that little girl down the aisle, be there to all those big games for your kids and your grandkids and all of your loved ones along the way. A shout-out to the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center, who are a presenting sponsor of Cyclone Fanatics NCAA tournament coverage in 2019. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams saying thank you to Mechdyne. Who is Mechdyne? I was asking the same thing just a couple of months ago, and then I met some people who work for this fantastic company that is based out of Marshalltown. It was started by Iowa State graduates who are now hardcore Cyclone fanatics over 22 years ago. Mechdyne is not only the premier audiovisual and IT service provider in central Iowa, but also around the globe doing business in six of seven continents. They'll bring that global expertise along with local support to help you implement AV technology for conference rooms, classrooms, auditoriums, sports venues, or really just about anywhere you want technology that actually works the way you want it to. So check them out today at mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. For the second straight year, Whiskey River, located in Ankeny's Prairie Trail District, is the home of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show for the Iowa State Athletic season. Whether it's a Saturday night out with the bros or lunch with the family, Whiskey River and Ankeny's great food, drinks, and friendly service makes it the perfect spot for any occasion. Whiskey River's wall-to-wall TVs make it the perfect place to watch football, baseball, and every sport in between. Plus, you can always join the Cyclone Fanatic staff to talk Cyclone sports on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams here wanting to tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Now, as you all have come to expect over the years, Nebraska Furniture Mart is known for their great prices, awesome leadership, impressive selection when it comes to you know appliances, electronics, flooring, window treatments, of course, countertops as well. Well, now they've taken it a step further, offering the whole home solution, and they've got a full line of custom cabinetry. Come out to their store in Clive. Meet the design sales staff to get you that new updated kitchen that you've been looking for. The staff will help you through the entire project from flooring to the cabinets. Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive, your kitchen and bath remodel headquarters. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. 
Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage, and Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. This is Dr. Peter Buck, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. For the past 25 years, I've had the privilege of providing care to Cyclone Nation varsity athletes on the sidelines and courtside. The physicians of Iowa State McFarland Sports Medicine are the official team physicians for ISU athletes. My colleagues, Dr. Greenwald, Dr. Warmy, and I specialize in orthopedic care for athletes of all ages and levels. Need a sports injury evaluation? Find out more at McFarland Sports Medicine or call 515-239-4475. Hey guys, it's Williams. We'll get you back to your podcast here momentarily, but it's wanted to talk to you about eye care, of course, today. And my friends at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, they meet your whole family's vision needs. And they did that to me about a year ago where I got in and had my first eye exam since my childhood. Dr. Kruger was like, what are you doing, man? You got to come in and get your eyes checked more often. And I'm glad that I did. They found some stuff. They got me these designer glasses that I wear when I work now, when I'm creating content for you at cyclonefanatic.com. It has decreased my headaches incredibly. Uh, It's been fantastic. I I didn't even know half the stuff that Dr. Kruger was telling me about. And I'm assuming if you're a middle-aged guy like me, you're probably in the same boat. Get in there to Ames and Des Moines Eye Care, personalized eye care, designer eyewear. They've got same day, same week appointments, and they are really good people. And they help support us here at CycloneFanatic.com, the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. It's Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Get your sports fix here. 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne. Check out Mechdyne at mechdyne.com, M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. Huge fans of what they do over in Marshalltown, and they're huge fans of us here at Cyclone Fanatic. So, you know, help support them because they help support us here. Another group of people who supports us here at Cyclone Fanatic is Cyclone Fanatic's coverage of the 2019 NCAA Tournament is presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. The Iowa Clinic is a longtime supporter of what we do at Cyclone Fanatic and is a big reason why you can consume all our content 100% free of charge. Be a man, go to the doctor. Thanks to our friends at the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. All right, we're going to take a look, a little bit of a broader look here at the Midwest region. Uh, Obviously, 
I think probably both of us have Iowa State in the Sweet 16. Is that accurate? Yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I would take that. Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. I feel pretty confident in that. I'm pretty confident that we're going to be going back to Kansas City. Uh, if that is the case, the most likely scenario is that Iowa State will be playing Kentucky, who over the last several weeks has been playing just about as good as anybody in the country. I mean, they lost to Tennessee in the SEC semifinal on Saturday in what was a heck of a basketball game. Probably should have been the SEC championship game on paper. At least that's what you thought coming out of that game. And then Tennessee went and got their butts kicked by Auburn in the SEC championship game on Sunday. But what do you think of that other pod there that Iowa State would be paired up with for a regional semifinal? Um, Yeah, I think that uh, obviously Kentucky is very, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, they, Like you said, they've been playing about as well as anybody. Um, I just think with, you know, the the amount um, of pressure that they're going to have on them, I think it's something that definitely you know, could favor a team like Iowa State. And just also in general, Iowa State's going to have a lot more veteran players uh, than Kentucky does. Um, in that other pod, I, I really like Wofford. I do too, man. I just can't. Man, that would be a super Kentucky thing to do, though, to get beat by Wofford in the second round. It, it would be. It would be. And, I mean, Wofford, you know, a lot of people probably don't know anything about Wofford. Uh, they got a kid named Fletcher McGee who's going to go down as one of the best three-point shooters in the history of basketball. And it's very fitting that his name is Fletcher McGee. Yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. going to be the achievement that it, he And he's like he the – he's isn't he the SoCon's all-time leader in three-pointers or something? I believe. It, like, might even be their all-time leading scorer. I, and I think he might be close to uh, – the NCA record as well, I think. For three-pointers? Yeah, um, which is held by Travis Bader from the great Oakland University in Michigan. Um, no, yeah, that Wofford is just a team who, I mean, they were going to get an at-large, you know, even if they didn't win their conference tournament. Everybody uh, everybody was pissed that uh, UNC Greensboro didn't get one right along with them. No, yeah. Instead, they got the number one draw in the, in the NIT. That's right, and I think, uh, you know, it's like we talked about off the air, just – a lot of these bracketologists this year, it seems like their seeds were way off. And uh-huh. I just think a lot of them didn't know how the selection committee would use the net rankings. And I think that was something that definitely factored into it. But just looking it up here, Fletcher McGee, he scored, uh, he scores 20 and a half points a game on 43% from three. And he takes almost 11 threes a game. Man, I just realized Furman didn't get in. They did not. I didn't even not think about in. that until, until just now. They are also in the, in the NIT. I feel bad for the, what are they, like the Friars or something? Furman? <laughs> We'd have to give that a Google. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember what they are. I know they were, I mean, they were really good, though, this year, too. Uh, but, yeah, it's like there there will be some people probably who, the Furman Paladins. Okay. Yeah, I knew, I thought it was something weird. Furman Friars sounds way better, though. I agree. They should, they should consider a change. Um, I guarantee there will be a lot of people that will pick Wofford to beat Kentucky. Yeah. Just out of pure trendiness. Yeah. You know, but uh, I would not pick that. I, I think that Kentucky's a really good team. So I, think, I, I think something else that's interesting, too, from that pod is uh, 
early in the year, um, if Seton Hall is able to get by Wofford, Seton Hall actually beat Kentucky at mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden. I was going to say, wasn't that on a buzzer beater? Yeah. That was the one when P.J. Washington hit the half-court shot, wasn't it? Uh, it was either him or Keldon Johnson hit a half-court shot to send it to overtime. Right. And then uh, Miles Powell, who was a player to watch in the NCAA tournament for Seton Hall, he just went absolutely nuts at the end of the game and in overtime. And Didn't he get ejected in their win. game on, uh, what was that, Saturday night? Or Friday night? He, there was like a crazy thing that happened in that Marquette game. There was like a big scuffle, and then they said that they ejected two players from Marquette and two players from Seton Hall, and Miles Powell's one of them. And then it then, ended then up that he was not ejected, yeah. and he came back into the game, and I believe he went off and Seton Hall <laughs> beat Marquette. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that I knew that was a weird deal. But um, – so for me on the bottom half of that of that region, I've got Iowa State and Kentucky coming out of there, which I could talk myself into it. I could talk myself into it. I, I, I haven't been able to do it yet, but I could. I could could talk myself into Iowa State winning that game. I think uh, the the thing that would be crazy about that game is just. There will be a lot of Kentucky fans in Kansas City. There'd be a lot of Iowa State. Dude, I can't. That, that atmosphere. Plus I mean, North Carolina. I, we'll get there. And if, and if Kansas is able to make it if, it, if you're in a region with North Carolina against Kansas and Iowa State against Kentucky. Spoiler, I, I don't got the Jayhawks there. The, uh, the power and light is the real winner. Oh, two, two out of three weekends with Iowa State fans, plus you throw in Big Blue Nation, plus uh, Tar Heel Nation and, and the Jayhawks. That, that place might be completely out of everything by about noon on Thursday. Just imagine the Kentucky fan base mixed with the Iowa State fan base in Kansas City. That, that would be a sight to see. I yeah. feel like there would be a lot of moonshine drinking. Oh. I guarantee they drink Bush Light down in Kentucky. I I feel like the bars will be about out of almost every single drink you can imagine early in the weekend. Um, they better back up the Brinks truck full of full of bush light and moonshine and everything else. Yeah, I can just imagine where Iowa State fans would make a bunch of friends with Kentucky fans, and they would just stop going to the bars. They'd all sit in their hotel rooms and drink <laughs> homemade moonshine. Hotel rooms, hotel lobbies. Right. No, that... Uh, just, just, and that's like what we touched on at the beginning of this is just that draw for Iowa State really is about the best thing you could ask for. Just being able to have the chance to go back to Kansas City and play. Oh, if you're if you're Kentucky, I'd be pissed. Oh, no question. The, knowing the fact that you've got to go play Iowa State in Kansas City because yeah. you already know there's a bunch of Iowa State fans that are buying tickets for that. Oh yeah, and just I mean right now. Um, it is really going to help Iowa State if if Kansas does get beat because. You know, I'd be willing to bet that between 50 and 60% of the tickets that have been sold right now for that region are being held by Kansas fans. Right. And they'll start unloading those if they get beat in exactly. the first or second round. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's talk about the top half. Obviously, North Carolina is the number one seed in the region, uh, taking on Iona in the first round. Do you see Do you see this as a 116 upset? Um, I, I do not. Yeah, that's probably a good call. I don't think the, the Iona Gales are quite on uh, UMBC retriever level. I, I don't. I don't envision North Carolina losing that game. I don't, I don't either. Uh, Utah State and Washington. The Pac-12 is awful. Somehow Washington. Did, didn't they get three teams, though? They got three teams in. I can't even believe that. The, the Pac-12 
Most people thought they weren't even going to get one. Yeah. Uh, going into the or world thought they would just get one. Yeah. Uh, going into to that tournament. Yeah. This uh, the Pac-12 is terrible. Uh, the only reason you'd watch the Pac-12 during the regular season is if you wanted to hear Bill Walton and uh, Dave Pash. Right. Uh, going I was back up late, and forth. I was up late watching Bill Walton on uh, Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Or no, Friday night. Yeah. When, the, when Oregon was playing, I think, Utah. But it really is interesting because uh, Oregon's been so hot lately and they've kind of flown under the radar. And now they're actually the favorite over Wisconsin. I picked them. In that 5-12 game. The crazy thing is that they're not even hot. Teams just can't score against them. Yeah. They held Utah to like 40-something points. And it goes back to, are they really hot, or is the Pac-12 just that horrible? Right. I mean, it's hard to tell when you, you're going to take a step up in competition. Well, as, But as well as they've defended, man, just think how good they would have been if they'd had bowl bowl. Oh, like, yeah. Their offense would be exponentially better. Yeah. I don't know that their defense would still be as good, but... Uh, Definitely couldn't hurt, though, because Bull Bull can, you know, he's athletic and can defend the perimeter as well as protect the rim. So it's hard to envision that they would have gotten worse if he was playing on defense. Exactly. But that Oregon team, I wouldn't be against picking them. I mean, I did pick them over Wisconsin. Wisconsin hasn't impressed me that much the entire season. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And right now they're hot and... This um, isn't even what we were meant to be, we're supposed to be talking about right now. No, we're just Yeah, yeah, well, well, okay. We'll divert back. Yeah, we'll divert back. Uh, Utah State and Washington. Uh, Craig Smith, uh, briefly rumored to be the head coach at Drake at one point. Uh, now the coach at, at Utah State. They won the Mountain West, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think that that Utah State's going to win that one. I've got UNC coming out of there. Uh, relatively easy, I think. I would agree. I think. Uh, I really think that. That Utah State-Washington game, I think, could be a really good game just because you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from Washington any given night. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just got – they were the best team in the Pac-12 almost the whole season, and then they fell apart towards the end of the year and then got blasted by Oregon in the conference championship. But, yeah, Utah State, um, they're, they're a great basketball team. Um, yeah, moving down, I, I really like Auburn in that 5-12 game. Um, no way, man. No. New Mexico State. All right. We'll see y'all in Kansas City, Aggies. All Chris right. Jans. Chris Jans. Oh, are you are you hinting at something else there? I'm I'm saying I got I got New Mexico State over KU. Okay. They already uh, played each other once. Played them right to the wire. Three point game in the Sprint Center. In the Sprint Center. Yeah. I'm doing uh, it. I'm bringing I'm, the heat. I'm, today. I'm rolling with it. Bringing yeah. the heat. Chris today. Jans and the Aggies, man. They shoot it. They're they're athletic. That's a good basketball team. They're, they're thirty and four. That's a good squad. That is that's a good basketball team. I and they've I played some agree. NCAA tournament teams too. Yeah, i i can't I can't argue with you there. Um, I do like Auburn in that game. I think Auburn's just they've kind of flown under the radar all year. They were really good at the beginning of the year, and um, I think they're a very volatile team. I, I do, I do, I, I agree with that because I think. If, if they're not shooting the ball well, they're one of those teams that could get bounced early. Um, I do think that they're talented enough and will cause the Aggies enough problems that they'll get through the first round. Um, but I'm, I'm going to bring a little bit more heat for you, though. I don't think Kansas is getting past first round. What? Ooh, okay. I think the Northeastern Huskies. Do you know where Northeastern is located? I don't, and I don't <laughs> need to because all I need to know – is I think they're taking out I think they're taking out KU in the first round. 
Man, that would almost be... I told you before we started recording that it's an, it's super KU thing for them to be the four seed and still somehow end up in Kansas City playing in the Sweet 16. Yep. It would be even more of a KU thing for them to lose before they can even get back to Kansas City. I just... I just really... I do not love this Kansas team at all. Dude, I do not think they're that good. I, I just think... Um, I think a team that can really defend them well, and I, they don't shoot the ball that well. And if, How many if, open threes did Marcus Garrett miss on Saturday night? Marcus Garrett missed a lot of open threes. Quentin Grimes missed a lot of open threes. I Quentin Grimes stinks, dude. They I, just, I, I don't care what anybody says. That, guy, that kid stinks. I mean, it's, it's like you would think that he was the guy that was supposed to redshirt this year, yeah. and Abaji was the guy who was the five-star recruit coming in. Right. I mean, they're just – it doesn't make any sense. And Charlie Moore stinks, too. Charlie Moore stinks. Um, K.J. Lawson stinks. I was telling Chris, I was like, man, there's like three or four guys in Kansas's rotation that has no business wearing a Kansas uniform Yeah, right now. It, they're just not the same. I, I, I'm going to come out and say it as well. I, They got a four seed just completely based off their name. Oh, yeah. I, I do not think they deserve a four seed. And just the thing is with them as well – they some of their biggest wins on their resume were at the beginning of the season when they had Azubuke playing. And uh-huh. I mean, if Azubuke was playing, they're a completely different team. And LeGerald Vick. And LeGerald Vick. Um, LeGerald Vick's a guy who they really need right now because he, as inconsistent as he was, he could at least stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was over a 40% three-point shooter. I think Diedrich Lawson just looks like he's out of it, too. Like, he knows that everybody sucks. You and know? I, he's, like, why? he's like, these guys are all just a bunch of bums. He just doesn't have anybody that can help, you know, give him space like he did at the beginning of the year because he had some guys who were helping stretch the floor, and that's really what he needs. Right. And um, I think he also benefited a lot from playing the four and having Azubuke playing the five. Mm-hmm. And I just think this team is completely, completely different from well, the he, team that beat Tennessee at the beginning of the year and beat Michigan State at the beginning of the year. And I think those two games are probably anchoring them to the four seed. Right. And they're a completely different team from when they beat those teams. You know, because if Tennessee or Michigan State played Kansas right now, I'm taking either of those teams to win by 15. Right. And this was the first time when they played, obviously, on Saturday night. This is the first time that they've played Kansas since I've been around the program where – you never really felt like they were ever going to have that Kansas magic in yeah. them. They didn't feel like Kansas. It's like the game started, and you're like, I would say it's way better than this team. Yeah, I truly um, – I actually went to Fog Allen this year to the game. Um, I went with, went with my dad, and um, I, we, te- we said to each other after the game, this is maybe the first time in a long time where we just really felt like Iowa State is the better basketball team. Yeah. They just have more talent across the board, and they're just the better team. And that's exactly how I felt Saturday night at the Sprint Center. Mm-hmm. Just going into that game, it wasn't even as much nervous as just, okay, if Iowa State just comes out and even plays you know, their B, B game, yeah, not even I think, their A game. I think they played a B-plus game. I think so, too. And Just because shots didn't go in. Exactly. If shots went in, they win that game by 20. Oh, yeah. No question. I mean, we had Kansas fans sitting around us, and they were just, you know, like, wow, you know, we're lucky that you guys aren't shooting the ball well because if a lot of – you know, they had three shots that went halfway down and would have taken the roof off the place. I mean, Shayok's right right at the beginning of the game. If he hits that three – They would have gone up like – what would they have gone up, 15 or something? That would have put them up, I think, double digits within the first four minutes of the game. Yeah. And, you know, it just felt like – 
they didn't hit that big shot to put them over the edge, but they still won the game comfortably. I think that you could see early on that they they almost have relied on the we're Kansas thing. Yeah. And it was like they came out and Iowa State was not scared of the we're Kansas thing. And then I think you could see them all of a sudden be like, oh boy, we might be in some trouble. Yeah. You know, and... And that goes you know, back there's, to... And there's, there's the Bill Self, all the Bill Self rumors that are out there right now. I think it might be over, dude. It, I'm, I'm not going to call it over. Um, I'm telling you, I think it's over. But... I think it's over. It, it definitely looks to be trending that Bill Self will not be back next year. Yeah. Which would be quite the shakeup in and college I, basketball. I think it would be... Uh, it would be the end of a, a reign. I think it would mean that the, the the throne is very clearly up for grabs. That would be my opinion. Well, I mean, we discussed this for a good 25 to 30 minutes before the game on Saturday. If Bill Self isn't the coach at Kansas, who is? Yeah, we thought about this for a long time. We thought about we this threw, for... How many names did we throw out there? We probably threw 15 to 20 names out there and realistically... There's like five. Only a couple of them right. made complete sense. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this could happen. I mean, we were scraping the barrel of just trying to figure out who it would even be. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's been so long since they've looked for a coach. Yeah. You know? Well, shoot, I think they have – don't they only have – I think they have less than 12 coaches in their history yeah. of their basketball program. Right. Which is insane. It's, that's, that, that's just a ridiculous stat. I mean, it's it's hard to envision – you just associate Bill Self with Kansas now. Right. I mean, well, it's hard to think about Roy Williams being the coach there. Yeah. Or you know? Larry Brown. Or, I yeah, mean. anybody else being the coach there. Yeah. All right. We got to take another break. We. All right. First, okay, first of all, who, who do you have coming out of the Midwest then? I think I'm probably going to have to roll with North Carolina. I'm going with Kentucky. I've got, I've got a rematch in my Final Four. I've got two rematches in my final four. We'll talk about that when we come back on the, uh, the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams letting you know about Mechdyne IT Help Desk Services. Started by Iowa State graduates and diehard Cyclone fanatics over 22 years ago. Mechdyne's onshore team of U.S.-based experts provide quality IT support around the clock. After hours, IT support can be hit and miss, but Mechdyne offers a lot more than just answering service during your non-core hours. You'll actually receive the same level of IT support no matter what time of day you contact them. They space out your organization's IT team from those routine support tasks so that you can focus on growing your business. As a trusted consultant, bringing fresh ideas and cost-effective solutions to many day-to-day headaches of routine IT user support, check out mechdyne.com. That's M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E dot com. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams here wanting to tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Now, as you all have come to expect over the years, Nebraska Furniture Mart is known for their great prices, awesome leadership, impressive selection when it comes to you know appliances, electronics, flooring, window treatments, of course, countertops as well. 
Well, now they've taken it a step further, offering the whole home solution, and they've got a full line of custom cabinetry. Come out to their store in Clyde. Meet the design sales staff to get you that new updated kitchen that you've been looking for. The staff will help you through the entire project from flooring to the cabinets. Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive, your kitchen and bath remodel headquarters. Hi, this is Dr. Thomas Greenwald, board-certified orthopedic sports medicine physician. For over 25 years, I've taken care of ISU athletes and am an official team physician of Iowa State athletes. I'm a proud supporter of Cyclone Nation. As an orthopedic surgeon, I specialize in musculoskeletal care for athletes of all ages, from high school to collegiate athletes to adult weekend warriors. Trust McFarland Orthopedic Sports Medicine and my colleagues Dr. Buck and Dr. Warmy and I for extraordinary sports injury care and rehabilitation. Visit us on the web at McFarlandSportsMedicine.com. Go Cyclones. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage, and Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Ever since the first footballs were made of pigskin, there's been a connection between football and pork. Today, that connection thrives in parking lots, where you'll find everything from spicy spare ribs to bacon-wrapped pork tenderloin being served at tailgating parties. Once again, without pork, football just wouldn't be football. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff, who make tailgating more delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? Is it our incredible ring selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. Welcome back to the Mechdyne-powered Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. Final segment here. Of course, our coverage of the 2019 NCAA Tournament is presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. The Iowa Clinic is a longtime supporter of what we do at Cyclone Fanatic and is a big reason why you can consume all of our content 100% free of charge. Be a man. Go to the doctor. Thanks to our friends at the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. All right, so we spent way too long talking about the Midwest region and then speculating as to who the, would be the new coach at Kansas. Uh, who do you have in your final four? My, my final four is probably going to be completely wrong because every year I do my bracket and I end up with a one or a two seed in the final four because I just can't get myself to pick enough upsets. I've got two ones and two twos. My, my final four, I have Virginia, North Carolina, Gonzaga and Michigan State. Whoa. 
I the mic drop. I, I like how you waited for the last one for the big mic drop that you were going to have there. I did not have Duke in the Final Four. I got to say, I can't trust Virginia. I can't do it until they prove me wrong. I'm not picking Virginia to go to the Final Four. It's fair. Uh, all right, so I've got Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Gonzaga, which, like I said previously, sets us up for two rematches. Kentucky and Tennessee, a couple of the best college basketball games of the year. Duke and Gonzaga, the rematch from the Maui Invitational Tournament Championship. What do you think? If I, assuming that Iowa State is not in the Final Four, I would definitely sign up for that in terms of um, entertainment value. I think Duke-Gonzaga was a great game the first time, and it'd be even f- more fun to see it, you know, however many months removed. Yeah. Uh, end of November was the first time they played. In Tennessee, Kentucky, pretty much every game that they have played this year has been fun. Am I um, off base if I think that Gonzaga has the easiest road? I don't necessarily think um, that that's completely off base. I think that their pod is not that difficult. Yeah. I mean, Baylor, I've got Baylor winning that 8-9 game. That's almost a Big 12 Allegiance game as much as anything. Yeah, I think I picked the only Big 12 team I didn't pick is Oklahoma, and that's because I didn't think they should be in the tournament anyway. I I agree. I I'm all, I'm actually gonna I'm actually picking Syracuse in that game against Baylor. Okay. Um, and then yeah, I'm also going. I can't Ole pick Miss against Scott Oklahoma. Drew. That's fair. Scott Drew's your guy. Yeah, he is my guy. Uh, there's another game in that bracket in that region that I think is deserving of mention. And I'm sure if you watch any ESPN this week, they'll probably hit you over the head with it. But that is Marcus Howard and the Marquette Golden Eagles taking on John Morant and the Murray State Racers. This legitimately might be the most fun first-round game out of any of them. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, those who aren't familiar with Marquette, Marcus Howard is essentially – he's essentially doing pretty much what Trey Young did last year in college basketball. Averaging, what, 25 a game? Is close to 25 a game, I believe. Um, Just shoots, you know – He's a guy, him and John Morant, I mean, I would not be surprised if either of those guys go for 40 in mm-hmm. the first round game. Yeah. They're just both essentially a walking bucket. and Both could be lottery picks. That's just uh, that's just a really, really fun matchup for a first round game, and I'm, I'm definitely glad we got that. I think that they probably did that on purpose on, I, on some level. I, I think so, too. Um, just like I, I have no doubt in my mind that they did Louisville, Minnesota, Richard Patino coaching against Louisville. There's no doubt in my mind that that was on purpose. There's, they would they would probably try and tell you it wasn't, but oh, without a doubt. I'd, and it, what, a, what a great game for Des Moines. First game of the tournament right there. What if Rick Pitino flew in from Greece to, to wear Golden Gopher gear behind the Minnesota bench? That'd be a in win. Des Moines. That'd be a win for Des Moines. That'd be a win for Des Moines. That would be the greatest thing. That might be the greatest historical event to ever happen in the city of Des Moines. It, it would be, it would be up there. It would be up there having having Rick Pitino sitting behind the bench at Wells Fargo Arena. Hard to make it up. It, oh man, yeah. It would be whoever would be covering that for the register. I would hope that there would be. I, I would hope that it would be on the front page. Rick Pitino was here. That would be that would be something. That's see. That's what the first round is almost always about storylines. Yeah. Not much bigger of a storyline right there than Rick Pitino wearing Minnesota Golden Gophers gear sitting behind the Minnesota bench 
playing against Louisville. Uh, but I do have Murray State winning that game against Marquette. Who are some other possible upsets that you've got on your radar? You know, everybody just thinks I'm going to be a total Big 12 hater. Um, I think UC Irvine over Kansas State is something that's very possible. You were watching the Big West on Saturday night or something, weren't you? I, 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 was, I was watching a little bit of the Big West action. But, uh, no, I think obviously a lot of that is depending on if Dean Wade's going to play. Right. I haven't heard one way or another. but I think, he, I think Bruce Weber said yesterday they're hopeful, but they don't know for sure which, yet. Which, to me, if you're hopeful on the week of the tournament, um, it could be a little gamesmanship, but it also could be – they genuinely do not know. And he's right. had this foot issue that's been lingering, you know, for going on about two years now. Um, UC Irvine's the second oldest team in the tournament behind Nevada. Uh, they definitely are a team who's experienced and know how to win. And just without Dean Wade, I think Kansas State's a completely different team. Can I give you another ups- uh, another one of my upsets? Love to hear it. Nevada in the first round. Down they go. Gators. Nevada? I'm going to come out and say it. Nevada's been one of the biggest disappointments in college basketball this year. They are one of the biggest disappointments in college basketball in several years. I, I think after the way that they played last year in the tournament. I agree. And brought back everyone. Everyone. And added a McDonald's All-American yeah. to their team. They, they start five fifth-year seniors all over six, seven. Right. Um, and they've just completely underperformed, didn't even win their conference. Time for a quick word from our friends at Carl Chevrolet. For 40 years, Carl Chevrolet has been built on one philosophy, to always take care of the customer. Being your dealer for life is more than just a slogan or catchphrase. It's the way they approach business each and every day. They have two great dealerships to better serve more of Iowa. Their main location in Ankeny and their newest location in Stewart, Iowa, just 25 minutes from West Des Moines. From sales to service and everything in between, you can trust they will take care of you and do things the car away. Doing things the car away is about integrity, trust, confidence, and satisfaction in earning your business for life. You owe it to yourself to see why they are Iowa's fastest growing Chevrolet dealer group. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90 in Ankeny at The Rock. Or Carl Chevrolet of Stewart, I-80, exit 93 in Stewart, Iowa at The Rock. All right. Um, any others that really catch your eye? What do you think Iowa's going to do? I think Iowa. I think they have a really tough matchup, and having to play Cincinnati and Ohio, um, I, I think is a tough draw. But Cincinnati got screwed. Cincinnati. I honestly think as a seven seed. I, I think Cincinnati should have been should have been a uh, a higher seed. But you know, Iowa's a team where, I mean, they're they're similar to Iowa State. They're a little bit worse defensively than Iowa State is, but. I mean, if Iowa's making shots, they can play with anybody. And You haven't seen them beat many teams that play the way that Cincinnati does, though. Yeah, Cincinnati, I mean, Iowa State played that home-and-home with Cincinnati a couple years ago, and they're just a very tough physical team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're definitely a team that's hard to prepare for because they don't play like a lot of other teams. I mean, they don't, they don't play like anybody in the Big Ten that Iowa's seen. Um, so that's going to be – and that's, I believe, the first game on Friday – I think it's eleven fifteen yep. on Friday morning. Yep. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough game for Iowa, but I I definitely think if they're making shots, um, they can win that game. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Cincinnati couldn't have played much better than they did against Houston. So if if Iowa can find a way to slow down Jerron Cumberland, they're they're gonna have a shot. All right, man. Best week of the year. Best weekend of the year. On tap. I'm excited. Cannot wait. I'll be glued in to my TV Thursday through Sunday night. So yeah. if anybody needs me to get a hold of me, I'm okay. I'm just watching 
watching some hoops. Yeah, you and me both, dude. I'll be uh, I'll be down in Tulsa, but we'll uh, be dialed in for sure. Uh, hopefully, we can come back together again next week and talk about a Sweet 16. That would be great. It sounds good. All right, thanks to Dine, Thanks to Carl Chevrolet. And, of course, the Iowa Clinic Men's Center as well. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Chris and I are traveling down to Tulsa on Wednesday, but I know we're planning to do a stands and fits uh, Tuesday night as well. So we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 K.